In this message, I want to set forth the absolute imperative of the Holy Spirit with respect to the power and the authority of Jesus being brought into the earth. I'd like to set this up by a reading from the Gospel of John. In John 14, Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey what I command you. This is verse 15 of John 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show him myself. Now, some questions ensued, and then Jesus responded in verse 25. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything I have said to you. Then he goes on further to speak of the Holy Spirit and he would say to them, the Spirit when he comes will take of what belongs to me and he will distribute it to you. Here it is. When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me and you also will testify for you have been with me from the beginning. Then he goes on and finishes up by saying, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. This is chapter 16, verse 7. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. Then he explains that, and then he says, I have much more to say to you, verse 12, but you cannot bear it now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me, by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that the Father has is mine. That is why I say the Spirit will take from what is mine and will make it known unto you. Clearest language in the Scriptures, speaking of the role of the Holy Spirit. It is astonishing to me 
how the Holy Spirit has been confined to a theology. And by that, he has been marginalized. I am both amused and saddened by the fact that there are those who would argue so strenuously for the inspiration of Scripture, meaning that the Scripture is breathed by the Spirit to men. But beyond that argument, they actually don't care about the one who wrote the Scripture. The argument typically goes, well, once the Holy Spirit inspired the writing of Scripture, then there was no further need for the Holy Spirit because he gave you a good mind. And with this good mind, you have both the privilege and the opportunity to read the scriptures and figure out what he has said. Well, here is how preposterous that notion is. Jesus, when he spoke of the same coming of the Holy Spirit, described the work of the Spirit in this way. He was speaking to Nicodemus in John, the third chapter, and he said, Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Meaning, as far as he's concerned, though the kingdom exists, it does not even come up on his radar screen. And unless he's born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. See, people have confused the language kingdom of God and church, making them one and the same thing. The kingdom of God, the basilica of Christ, to use the term for kingdom, basilica, is about the foundation of his authority to govern and to rule. The church is an emphasis on the called out, the ecclesia, the ones who have been brought under the rule of Christ and now have ordered their lives individually and collectively on the basis of the authority of Christ. So before you could talk about the church, and if you ever speak of the empowerment of the church, whether the empowerment of the individual or the empowerment of the collected body, you must, as a threshold issue, speak of the authority by which they have been constituted, namely the kingdom. It is this failure to distinguish between the kingdom and the church that has rendered the church powerless as people groping in the darkness to find their way. The kingdom is the discussion of the work of the Holy Spirit. See, the kingdom of God, according to Romans 14:17, is not a preoccupation with eating and drinking. The kingdom of God is not preoccupied with providing food and clothing and shelter for people. Those are good things, but it's not about that. Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom, these things will be added unto you. Because once you have the kingdom, part of what comes with the kingdom is the sufficiency for every, of everything that is necessary for life and godliness. 
if you seek these things first, then you may or may not ever understand what the kingdom actually is about. Unfortunately, people are invited to become Christians and to be part of a community so that they might be assured of having their needs met. If you can believe it, this is a state of utter idiocy. But there are entire religious groups, large religious groups, some with a worldwide presence, whose singular marketing strategy is to tell people that there is enough food stored up so that if there is a problem, you'll get food from your brother, or to engage the practice of storing up food. I say this to them and to you who are listening. The kingdom of God is not a preoccupation with the storing up of food so that you'll be able to survive in hard times. Kingdom of God, Romans 14:17 says, is not food or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The entire kingdom is to be found in the work of the Spirit. Because, you see, the delegate of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is empowered to take of the authority that belongs to Christ and to distribute it to us, that one is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be trusted to take the authority of Christ and to precisely delegate it to you. What do I mean by to precisely delegate it to you? All of what Jesus has to do in the earth will not be done through any individual. Some of what he intends to do will be done through each individual who has come to walk under his authority. But all of what he wants to do will be done in and through the corporate body. So the question is one of apportionment, isn't it? What apportionment, what allotment of the authority of Christ is given to you? And the trailing question is, and why? Well, first, what allotment of the authority of Christ is given to you? Well, begin with this notion that we've introduced before but now wish to develop. That before you were in your mother's womb, God knew you. And you are here in the earth to fulfill a particular destiny. That destiny in the earth is called your calling. Your calling. It's what you are put here for. Most people do not even know that they were given a calling. That you put in the earth to fulfill a divine purpose. But in order to fulfill that divine purpose, you must be empowered. You must be empowered. The gifts of the Spirit are the precise ways in which the Holy Spirit takes from the authority of Jesus, which is plenary, it's all authority in heaven and on earth. The Holy Spirit takes from the authority of Jesus and distributes that authority to you in a fashion that precisely empowers your destiny. See? So, 
If you want what somebody else has, you must also have their destiny. Otherwise, you're wanting power, but you don't have a place to contain power. The power of God is like the engine that drives the automobile, and your destiny is like the transmission that arranges the flow of power generated by the engine to the wheels to get you going. So what you want to know is what is your destiny? Because the destiny you have will determine the scope of the authority and even the nature of the power that you have with which to function. Here let me introduce two concepts. One is authority and the other is power. Well, what is authority and what is power? How are they different? And how do they play into this question of what does the Holy Spirit bring you? What what of the authority of Christ does the Holy Spirit give to you? And how does this work in and through your life? Well, authority is the right to do a thing. Power is the means to do the thing. It's sort of like the badge and the gun of a police officer. Police officer carries a gun, certainly in the United States, that's a common uh, common fact, and in other countries as well. But the gun or the, the ability to project force, whether it's a gun or some other weapon, is the power to do the thing. What decides whether or not doing the thing is legal or criminal, has to do with the authority that has accompanied the power to do the thing. So the Holy Spirit recognizes that when God gives you, hear this closely, this will change your life. When God gives you a calling, you have the authority. Your calling is about having authority to do a thing. Because God has put you in the earth as a location in time out of which God intends to do precisely what God intends to do. That is your destiny. The empowerment of your destiny is the power to do what your destiny has by way of conferring the authority to do. The question classically arose in the life of Jesus. By what authority do you do these things? That usually followed his demonstration of the power to do it. Classically, when Jesus healed someone, for example, he healed someone on the Sabbath. What did the religious people want to know? Ex post facto, after the fact. He first healed the people and then what did the religious people want to know? They weren't wanting to know by what power you did these things because he'd already done these things. They inferred what power he had to do these things. They said, oh, he cast out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And so Jesus said, well, now think about what you're saying. If I'm casting out devils by the prince of devils, then we have a house divided against itself. You don't need to worry. The devil's house will fall if I am casting out devils by the authority of the devil. But he said, but if I cast out devils 
by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of heaven has come to you. Jesus explained that the authority by which he could do what he did had come from the Father because he would say, to this end I was born. This is my destiny. When you do not understand this, then you neither have the expectation of empowerment, nor do you have clarity about what you are in the earth to do. So you will envy anybody whose doings you are affected by, you are impressed with. Rather than seeing that you are here in the earth with a destiny, and when that destiny has been activated, it is the source of your authority to do what you've been called to do. In short, God made you this way because God wanted to use you in the manner in which he made you and not something else. I remember when my daughter was younger that I would uh, try to uh, get her to not be an artist. Uh, because I wasn't sure she could survive as an artist. I wanted her to have the more secure position of being a lawyer, but she was an artist. In my mind I was thinking, you know, if she becomes a lawyer, then I'm reasonably sure that at some point in her life she would be self-sufficient financially. So I remember the time I tried to persuade her to be an entertainment lawyer. She said, Dad, that's so lame. She said, that doesn't have anything to do with, uh, with, with, with creativity. That's just another form of lawyering. Well, she didn't buy it. The point is, I was trying to get her to agree to being something that she was not put on the earth to be. She, however, uh, has always been very resolute when it comes to standing her ground and so she informed me that she was here because God had put her here to be an artist. So uh, I learned from her uh, not to try to shape somebody else's destiny based upon what you find to be convenient or what you're afraid might happen to them. Uh, that if you will help them become who God has said they are, then indeed they will have the requisite power to operate in the thing that God has said that they are. And that's when the glory of God is on display in them. And there's a point in time when you simply have to trust that God knew what he was doing when he gave you an artist as a daughter. And believe that you will, you may or you may not live to see uh, the complete expression of what that is. But God has made the, the only wise choice. God puts someone, God puts everyone here with a particular destiny. And so, what the Holy Spirit gives them by way of gifts from Jesus is because the Holy Spirit fully contemplates who God has said that they are. Well, how does the Holy Spirit know who a person is so as to empower them with exactly the right kinds of distributions of Jesus' power, so that they may become who the Spirit has said, whom God has said that they are. Well, how does the Holy Spirit know that? 
Well, in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, scriptures tell us the Spirit knows the mind of God. Just like the human spirit knows the mind of the human being, so the Spirit of God knows the mind of God. For what man knows the things of man, Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 3, what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man within him? And who knows the mind of God but the spirit of God? For the spirit searches the deep things and makes them known to us. So, the Holy Spirit can be trusted to distribute the authority of Jesus Christ, and he has all authority. Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. The, all power has been given to Jesus, together with all authority. Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit who knows who you are in the mind of God. Before you were in your mother's womb, the Spirit knows who you are in the mind of God. So the Holy Spirit <clears throat> retrieves you out of everything else that you've been in, and He empowers you in a manner that is specific to the purposes for which God created you. And frankly, this is the precise arrangement that you would want. Why would you want, as my daughter pointed out to me, why would she want to be a lawyer when she was truly put here to be an artist? Now, in, in the culture of our time, and because we have fallen so far from the things of God, we now come to value only those things that have a societal value. So we make ourselves and we remake ourselves in the model of what society accepts. As a consequence of that, we never enter the kingdom of God. We're saved, but we don't enter righteousness, peace, and joy. You look at the misery in which the majority of people are in today relative to what they do for a living, and you cannot tell me that people are walking in, that the church is walking in righteousness, peace, and joy. Because all kinds of people are misplaced. When you are misplaced, you will begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit and ask Jesus to make things work for you. And you're asking Jesus to empower you against his choice for how he has made you to be. Then he won't be able to answer your prayers. And he will, when you make declarations about how good things are going to be, and those things do not work out, it's because God cannot answer your prayer. Because to answer your prayer is for him to take you further in the direction away from what he made you to be. I mean, who would ever change if what they want to do in life, however they've decided what they want to do, is fully empowered by God, if it's not what God created you to be. If you find yourself in a tough situation and you actually need to change, why would you change if God has given you what it takes to survive even in that tough situation? 
Fact, the fact is you would not change. And so you would live your whole life apart from the destiny for which God created you. This has nothing to do with salvation. When you're saved from going to hell, you're saved to be conformed to the purposes for which God made you. The church has made going to heaven the goal of your salvation. It's the result. It's not the goal. It automatically happens. If you're saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, you should never again worry about where you're going when you die. You will never be separated from the will of God. You will never be separated from the person of God. You weren't saved so you could go to heaven, but because you are saved, you will go to heaven. You are saved to fulfill a purpose in God. And the Holy Spirit is the one who knows exactly what that purpose is. So when he empowers you, he empowers you precisely to fulfill that purpose. You will not do all that Jesus is doing in the earth today. Because you're not his body in its entirety, you're only a part of his body. My heart does not do everything my body needs to do. That's why I have lungs and kidneys and all the other parts. They were designed to complement the heart's work. The church hasn't been told all of this. In fact, the church has been told that, yes, the Holy Spirit is a member of the Godhead, but after that, you're on your own. The evangelical church has thumbed its nose at the role of the Holy Spirit and the charismatic church has attempted to make the Holy Spirit do whatever foolish thing they have figured out they would like to do. The Holy Spirit has not played in either game, for he's not playing a game. And today the dues have come full circle. The evangelicals are, are clueless about direction and purpose in God, so they go back and forth between political alliances, and now they're heading in the direction of the Green Party. That's a people who have lost their way. This is the consequence of the leaders demoting the role of the Holy Spirit. No one can demote the Holy Spirit. You can demote yourself by failing to recognize who the Holy Spirit is and how important he is to understanding your purpose in God. And the charismatics, on the other hand, have played fast and loose with the Holy Spirit, calling every lawless thing the work of the Holy Spirit. Both, both have a date with destiny. And the Holy Spirit has left both movements, as it were, high and dry. The people are emerging out of this who want to understand the role of the Holy Spirit, who want to understand the functioning of the kingdom of God, who want to understand destiny, calling, and empowerment. Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth, and he sent the Holy Spirit to give you all of his power that's necessary for you to live out the purpose for which God put you here, so that God may have a place in time out of which to live as he is. I'm Sam Solon. I'll see you next time. Visit me on the website, www.solon.com. Thank you and God bless you. Bye-bye.